This episode of The Concession Stand is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites. It's a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all of the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head on over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn to sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site and get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn, or just use the promo code popcorn at checkout for your first month free. And now, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games. Don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. concession stand podcast if you're joining us for the first time we are glad to have you on board for episode number 56 i'm nick howell and sitting across from me mr andy nelson how are you sir i am great i am full from turkey this week uh coming up (laughs) later in the show we're going to talk about a disney controversy mark hamill is upset about a scene in empire strikes back after all of these years and one of the most celebrated movies of all time is going to be returning to theaters next week for one week only but nick Tell us a little bit more about our network and where people can find us. Well, you can find this and other shows over at orbitaljigsaw.com and all of their subscription links right there on the page. You can find this show over on Facebook at facebook.com slash official concession stand or come follow us on Twitter at concession stand. Come on over, hang out with us. Let us know your thoughts on the show on iTunes. If you like what we're doing, head on over to patreon.com slash concession stand. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Sign up to do your very own stone cold salute right here on an upcoming episode wow but let's crack a beer and get right into it okay yeah so justice league um we we did a review of this uh, last week uh-huh. after we saw it um it's considered a failure at the box office and we keep hearing about how it's a failure and it hasn't made any money <sighs> Horseshit, uh, but, in my but, opinion. but let's uh, let's remember that as of right now as of a week and a half later it's already number 15 on the year uh, probably going to get at least to number ten. Uh, let's say Last Jedi will push some, you know, those those uh, movies up and down in that top ten. But Justice League will probably end up in the top ten. I think let's, he's going to look at Beauty and the Beast and go, <laughs> "No, I won't." Referring to Last Jedi, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Beauty and the Beast holds the top spot at five hundred four. But um, so already this year in the top ten, you've got Wonder Woman, Guardians two, Logan, and Spider Man. That's already in the top ten this year. Wow. Last year. You had Civil War, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, Suicide Squad, and Batman v Superman in the top 15. So that's a third of the movies in the top 15 last year were comic book movies. Uh, well, they're not, they're we, not we going speculate anywhere. all the time yeah. that people are getting tired of these big blockbuster comic book movies, but they're not going anywhere. No, no, they aren't. So I, I wanted we wanted to make this episode for you guys because we've been talking a lot about the movies this year, and a lot of them have centered around some of these bigger comic book superhero movies, if you will, whichever you like to call them. But we've kind of decided that they're not going anywhere. We've heard some rumors. We, we've talked about some different things. But we wanted to go over a few things specific to some of these comic book movies that were going on the last couple of years. Specifically, with as much content as we've got out there these days, do we really need origin stories anymore? Do we need these prequel 
prologue-esque kind of origin stories to tell us all about the character that we already know exists? Um, that's certainly the big question coming out of Justice League. If you go and listen to our review or if you haven't seen it, it's not really a spoiler to say that in the first 30 to 45 minutes of that movie, we're out gathering Flash and Aquaman and uh, Cyborg and, and finding out what they're all about. Um, so it felt like a lot of wasted time to get to where we wanted to get in that movie. And part of that was maybe the, the Zack Snyder to Joss Whedon, um, handoff that, that happened. Um, suicide squad had that first 30 minutes of like, here's this character, here's this character, here's this character, here's this character. Maybe in that one, you needed it because those characters, you really don't know who they are. Maybe. Um, but it seems like the audiences don't really need an origin anymore. I don't know. I was going to use the example of Justice League and Suicide Squad to basically counter this whole thing by saying it's what made the movies bad in the first place. I don't have a problem with origin stories. Ant-Man's a great example. Uh, even Wonder Woman this year, great example of a good origin story film, right? Dead, Deadpool? Deadpool, another example of that. So I, where I have a problem is when they had, try to do it all in the same thing. This is where Suicide Squad just absolutely fell on its face for me last year. And the, I say the exact same thing about Justice League. I believe I brought this up in our review last week where I just br- it just beat you over the head with all of these kind of the gathering. That was a great yeah. word that you said. We're, we're gathering all the heroes together and here's how we found them and Batman on a horse yeah. 20 minutes before he gets on the Batwing. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Civil War, that model seemed to work because why? People just showed up. Right. We know who Spider-Man is. We don't necessarily know who Black Panther is, but but he's in it. But there wasn't a sense of an origin story in there for him. Kind of. As the guy, the representative who was protecting his father. Sure. Oh, there was yes. that essence of yes. that in Civil War. And if, you, and if you like that character enough, guess what? You get to see his true origin story or whatever else you want to know about Black Panther in February of next year. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think that the origin story that we got out of Wonder Woman uh, was actually a throwback. They used the Civil War model in that case because they, she shows up in Batman v Superman. You don't need that like origin story thing with her. It's, it's. She's there, and now we're going to do her origin story in a separate movie, which they did, and it got all kinds of you know rave reviews and, and great. Same thing happened with uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Yes. Spider-Man, uh, the Tom Holland version, shows up in Civil War. We know who Spider-Man is. We don't need to know that he's Peter Parker. Blah, blah, blah. It's Spider-Man. It's him. And then we go back and we do a Peter Parker uh, uh, Homecoming movie, but that wasn't an origin story. He was already he'd already been bitten by the spider and he was already Spider Man at that point. We didn't. But need they that. did do some call outs to those lines. Like there was he was walking with his friend and dude, you got bit by a nuclear spider or something like that. Right, but we didn't need forty five minutes of a of a of a movie to show that, did Bingo. we? Bingo. Right? Bingo. So the 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 smart writing and the smart dialogue is is enough. We don't need any of that. To me, you've already set it up in Batman v Superman when they look at those little videos. You see the Flash be the Flash, and you see Aquaman like uh, swimming and looking at the camera, and you see Cyborg. You see that little bit of him. That's all you need to know. You could have just shown that two minute trailer for Justice League, and you would have known enough about it. And to say. Of those three characters, Cyborg is probably the least well-known as far as his origin story, but everybody knows that the Flash is the fast guy. Everybody yep. knows that Aquaman is the swimming guy that talks to fish. You don't really need to set up guy. their <laughs> thing, right? But yeah. but we're going to eventually get a Flash story in an Aquaman movie, which we'll talk about in a second. But yes, the, the origin story, it, it I think it works better when you go back and do it after the fact. Really? Yeah, if it's a character that's well-known. Could like you in have this had case. the Dark Knight before Dark, um, Batman Begins? Sure. I don't think it would have sure worked at all. Sure you could have. I disagree with you, you just, there. Sure you could have. It shows up and then and, and you you know more about the Bale character. 
going into that movie. You could have just started that trilogy with The Dark Knight. I or, agree with that. Because that, that movie, I agree that with. movie just stands alone on its on its own. You don't need to, there isn't even much of a Joker origin. He kind of hints at his origin yeah. or what it could be, and you just know that it's Batman versus the Joker. That's all you need to know because we know those two iconic characters. Yes, that's probably like a bad example because those characters are so well known. It's like saying like, oh, here's here's another Star Wars movie with Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Like that, you know the, enough about those characters going in that you don't need to be like, oh, Luke was a farm boy. You don't need that. Does Empire Strikes Back work without New Hope? No, not no, at all. No, it doesn't. No, not at all. So you, you still need that little bit. of. So this is where I would disagree with you. I totally agree. But this is that, origin stories on comic books. I understand. And I'm going to go back to Batman. I totally agree with you that Dark Knight would have worked completely fine without Batman Begins, but you can't have Batman Begins after Dark Knight. I disagree with you on that point. You can, of course you can't have Batman Begins after Dark Knight. I mean, you could if you wanted to do it that Not way. Not really. I mean, it'd have to be a, all these flashbacks and stuff, and you'd have to refer back to the but points. Why would that you, you, but why would you do that in that point? I see what you're saying. That's but what yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get the point across that we're, we're introducing characters and then going back and doing origin story prequels yeah. if you will to them and i just i don't think that is a good formula to use because of the examples and the history that we've set people up to expect now we're also dealing with the fast track dc universe that was uh here's the flash and like whereas marvel took their time here's the iron man origin story we saw that here's the thor origin story here's the captain america origin story we saw all of those yes things. um i would argue that the origin story for thor Tony Stark and Captain America are are way less well known than the origin story for Superman, Batman, Spider Man, the Hulk. You know, the, you don't even need to set any of those things up. People know who they are after decades of knowing who these characters are. But if somebody said to you, "Hey, we're going to make a Shazam movie," Ugh. right? We'll talk about that in a second. Well, you mentioned Man uh, uh, Superman, so I want to give a quick shout out to what they did at the beginning of Man of Steel. I think that was fantastic because we had never seen Krypton. Life on Krypton. Yeah. With, kind of, kind of, sure. But we had never seen how he is a baby. Right. Got uh, how everything broke down with um, what's his dad's name? Cal, not Kal El, but uh, uh, Jor El. Jor El, thank you. And um, Zod. Yeah, we had never seen how all that broke down on Krypton and how it was destroying the planet and all. No, I thought that was brilliant the way they did that. But they did it in a condensed fashion in a quick 15, 20 minute series that led to us. Right into Clark Kent, yeah, wandering around loading fish off a dock, and know? exactly, and not as a young kid, and, and not going through the whole like we're going to raise him from a baby. Like we we got right into him being the young adult, all, almost turning into Superman. Right, we skipped a whole sequence or a whole section of stuff that was in the Richard Donner Superman movie. And General Zod is even in the first Superman movie that Donner did. Yeah, that's true. He right? shows up in, in Superman two. Son of Jarrell, kneel before Zod. That guy, Garrett <laughs> Stamp, and all of his glory. Yes. Uh, them floating through space in bubbles. Yeah, in the Phantom Zone. Right. Well, you mentioned Shazam. Shazam! Yeah. Uh, there's a Batgirl. There's the Sirens of Gotham City that's coming. Captain Marvel, who's a fem- another female, strong female superhero Which character. is confusing because Shazam is also called Captain Marvel on the Mar-Vell? DC side. No, Marvel is a different character. Okay. So Captain Marvel is a female, like, Superman-type character. In like the Mar- Supergirl. Kind of, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And it's the Marvel Supergirl. Kind of, yeah. And we're going to get that movie at some point, which I guess we'll find out more about that. Probably whatever. I bet she shows up in Infinity War. And, and that, uh, I would imagine because that movie's not going to be in the theaters until after Infinity War comes out. It's, I can confirm she is listed with the Wasp in the second unnamed uh, Avengers movie that's on IMDb. I was looking at those earlier as we were writing the show, but I didn't see. I see. I saw the Wasp listed in the first Avengers movie or the first okay. Infinity War movie. 
but not in the second one. So, or in, I'm sorry, not in the first one. Um, where do, where do we where do these come from? Do, is, are they going to do a Spider Man where they introduce them as part of the Avengers? storyline I, I don't know in infinity war and then we get the movies i don't know that's I, the way it's all stacked up i guess that's i mean i guess that's what we want to get into next as far as the the state of the superhero movie is talk about the future of marvel which they've already established this formula over 17 films and the future of marvel is this movie's coming out this movie's coming out this movie's coming out they're all connected in some way whether or not you know this character you're going to like them because we figure out a way to make you like everybody that's yeah. just what they do um, they've got four movies next year. Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man 2, actually five. New Mutants is coming and Deadpool 2. New Mutants is going to be a movie or a TV show? It's a movie. Oh. We saw the trailer at Justice League. Remember that creepy like... Uh, oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, oh, like, that was do, terrible. Do you care? I don't care. No, but, no, but, it's, but it's coming. So there's five Marvel movies coming next year and more in the pipeline. But eventually we get to um, Infinity War 2 or Avengers 4 in 2019. And, and if you go and look up Kevin Feige's IMDb profile, also in 2020, there's three additional unnamed uh, Marvel movies. And I wonder if that is because, while we've heard rumors of it, maybe those three untitled Marvel movies could be the result of the Disney Fox acquisition. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the Marvel Cinematic Universe now includes the X-Men and Fantastic Four and Deadpool and Wolverine. Like, all those people can suddenly be... A part of that so maybe just as their marvel cinematic universe as we know it is ending they can somehow transition all those fox characters into a new marvel cinematic universe i, I don't know like how do you do that without all of those main i don't know well next year 2018 marks the 10-year anniversary right. of the original iron man yep. film that kicked off this whole kevin feige marvel cinematic universe right 10 years and we'll be up to almost 20 films by the end of next year yeah. i think we will actually beyond 20 films. anyway so I think that the original thing that he scoped out, ending at Infinity Wars 2, which I guess we'll get in 2019, yeah, next if I'm year. not mistaken. Or two years. Uh, it will be, and it even says it on the uh, IMDb per- profile right now, it says this is the culmination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, meaning this is the end, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming at that point. So yes, there has to be more. The question, the big question is, what's next? Is this the, If this is the end of this storyline, much like... Episode nine is going to be the end of the Skywalker saga. Yep. Right. Uh, is if this is the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there has to be more beyond that because there's no way they're going to stop making these things at this point. This is a printing press of money. It is over at Disney right now. Yeah. So I, I where does this go? Where do you see this uh, taking off? But beyond Infinity War two, I think we're going to get to a point where there will be a changing of the guard. I think Steve Rogers, I think Captain America has to die because he did die after Civil War, the right. first one, like in the comics. And at some point, uh, Downey is going to be too old to play Tony Stark. I remember like a storyline in the mid nineties where like some kid from an alternate universe was a young Tony Stark and that worked for like 10 minutes. I don't know if they'll try huh. and do something. I, the thing about Marvel is I'm not really worried about their future. They've got it all m- planned out and we'll just be just sitting, eating our popcorn and just watching it all unfold in front of us. The other thing, though, is the DC future. That's what is really the question mark now, especially after seeing Justice League, because it's it felt like, as we talked about in the review, and you'll agree with me on this, it felt like there was it, you actually saw a course correct happen as that movie went along. By the end of that movie, at least I was, and I know you were, and a lot of people that I know that are anti DC movies, but we're uh, at the end of it. <laughs> the like, anti DC movies. But I'm not saying you're not, but I'm saying like other people that I know. Yeah. At the end of it, they're like, 
yeah, I kind of want to see what happens next. Whereas at the end of Batman v Superman, you're like, what happened? What just happened? What? Uh, okay. Superman's dead. They're like what? Right now you want to see like, okay, what happens next? Especially with the button, which we won't spoil here, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it it looks like they could actually be making steps in the right direction. Well, what I'll say is I came out with of BVS with more anticipation because it opened more, so many doors. Yeah. But with Batman, with Supes, with Wonder Woman, with Lex Luthor, with Metropolis and Gotham City as yep. a whole yep. to introduce all of I was more excited and anticipating more content out of that, which Justice League kind of delivered on. Yeah. If I give it enough credit to to do that. So that really was him going out and building the Justice League out of Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Where it falls down for me was the Snyder stuff where it had to be dark and gloomy and it wasn't hooray and hope and fun and all kinds of good stuff like that. And we've harped on this enough. Everybody's harped on this enough. So I think to your point where I agree with you is that it turned a corner it didn't really make I didn't come out of the theater excited about what's next, but I definitely saw a turning of a dial yeah. of going in a completely different direction from that dark and gloomy Snyder esque type of film to yeah. the more Whedon esque snappy catch lines and And we saw you know. that we saw that a bit in Wonder Woman, the standalone, which didn't sure. have Snyder on it as well. So it's it's like we we have seen a, a bit of a course correct along the entire brand in a way. Um it feels like but there's there's big question marks for me. Like how do you have um, a Batman movie without the Joker. How do you have a Superman movie without uh, Lex Luthor? How do you, you know what I mean? Like th- those characters absolutely need to, like their biggest foils need to be a part of this. I-, I couldn't agree more there. And and the big thing for me coming out of the Dark Knight movies, the Chris, the Nolan movies, was that it established that that there were villains between Dark between Joker and Bane, and even it. You know, as much as the rogues were in that, is it's more of the it was more of the Ra's al Ghul mystery sure. that crossed both of those films, right? Between him coming up as Batman and then Bane coming up and, and escaping from the well and all of that kind of stuff. So it didn't really have the the focus wasn't really on them. But that said, I completely agree with you. There needs to be the villains in these need to be as big as the heroes. In a way, they need to be able to accomplish and pull off things like the Joker did in Dark Knight. The thing that made that movie so good and made him so terrifying were the things that he somehow was able to do with matches and a little bit of lighter gasoline, right? And again, but it was all based in reality, too, not in some crazy cosmic universe. And that's the problem with with the Justice League thing. And yes, do you need the Justice League to solve the problems on Earth? Of course you do. They've been doing it for years. Yeah, sometimes they have to fly out into space and battle Darkseid or whatever, but we want to see more of, like, Luther and his gang of rogues that are all villains for each of these guys. All Like, we want the good guys teaming up against the bad guys right here at home. That's what we want. We want there to be what you talked about in our review. We want there to be stakes. Yes, stakes is a great word again. I And I will say this. If they don't put the freaking Hall of Justice in the Justice League sequel, I'm going to be pissed because I'm going to need to hear, Meanwhile, back in the Hall of Justice. That has to be in there. Aquaman makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because he can't do shit. Yeah. Thanks, Frank Caliendo. Um, so, all right. So we didn't have Green Lantern in the Justice League movie, but we've established that there's a cosmic universe. Didn't they, though? They hinted at well, I mean, they it. Had, at the Lanterns losing his ring in yeah, that maybe, vignette. Maybe, but uh, that's spoiler alert. But yeah. still... Um, the other things we have coming down the pipeline for DC, uh, Shazam. Who? Yeah. Uh, what? Like, 
okay, so next year, like we just listed five Marvel movies coming out next year. How many DC movies are coming out next year? I have no idea. One, Aquaman at the end of the year. Oh, God. So we have we have a, a, a one, and we shouldn't be complaining about it. We have a three-year gap between Star Wars movies, or two years sometimes, like the major episodes, where Marvel's like, here's this one, this one, this one, this one. So as, as DC fans, we're hungry for just as many things, but we d- we're not going to get it. So, There's another season of Daredevil, too, if you want to count that coming next sure. year. Sure, but like if you... If you want to see another Justice League movie or another Batman movie or another Man of Steel movie, it's going to be another two or three years. Even the next Wonder Woman movie is not for two more years. Yeah. So you've you've gotten this this sense of hope that we just talked about with this universe, and then suddenly the well runs dry until the well fills up with water. Luckily, there's Aquaman to swim in it. Well, couldn't you, <laughs> couldn't you say the same thing about Marvel in its early days? I mean, if we look at BVS, it was 2012. No, it was 2014. Oh, really? Okay. 2015. Well, even when they started that i remember there was casting and announcements and stuff like that going around in uh 2011 because i remember hearing the news about Haley atwell gina carano and and um yeah. uh oh, what's gal gadot playing the wonder woman part in bvs so they've been at it for maybe five six years at this point if we talk about production releases right. only three years yeah how long between releases in the early first five years of iron man movies it took them forever yeah, it, I mean, it took them five years to get that first Avengers movie out. Yeah, you know, because that, that was twenty twelve, also, right? So again, I I'm giving DC a little bit of a pass because they are cranking out some two to three hundred million dollar big masterpiece kind of films uh, in the sense of the scope of them. Yeah, and really cramming all. So I'm going to give them a little bit of pass on. You know, I'm not going to compare them to somebody that's been doing it for ten years when they've only been putting them out for three. Yes, Marvel has them stacked up at this point, and they've got parallel productions going on, and all of this stuff is is madness. But they've been doing it for ten years. It's all part of the plan, yeah. you know. It's Kevin Feige has masterminded this whole universe, and he's had ten years to put it together. Of course, they're going to crank out five movies at the same time. As a consumer, and as somebody who runs a podcast on TV and film, that's scary as shit to me, though. Because, Why? Are we, well, I'm going to love it as a geek, but at the same time, we're going to get, again, what we had this year, where it was every single weekend, we've got these big temple movies, and we're going to have another bad year, because you can't expect people to go every weekend to see these movies. But That's apparently, they'll go, see, they'll go see those movies, but they won't, if, if the box office numbers that we talked about at the top of the show are true, everything that's a comic book is is a moneymaker. That's, oh God, good point. So, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. There's one element that came out. I listened back to our review last week, and one of the things that we didn't spend too much time on, but I'd like to spend some minute on a few minutes on, because I think it affects both. As we get into Infinity Wars, we just had Thor Ragnarok that was in outer space. It wasn't on Earth or anything. Uh, We know that Darkseid is coming. Yep. uh, In in the DC universe as well, and we're going to get cosmic over there as well. How does that? We mentioned stakes. We mentioned keeping things grounded in reality on the review last week. Let's talk more about have we exhausted everything that we possibly can on Earth, and that's why we're now stepping out into the cosmic stuff? Barely. No, we haven't exhausted anything on Earth. I mean, Zod came down from Krypton and was battling uh, Superman in Man of Steel. And then sure. we went and then we went to Gotham versus Metropolis and Superman and Batman not being friends to then the cosmic people are coming back. There was never like a big war with any of those big heroes on earth against human element people. Like even the even the battle against Lex Luthor, it's not like Superman and Lex Luthor ever have a, a fist fist fight. Right. It just doesn't happen. Luthor always somehow outsmarts him or something, right? But it seems like everything is pointing in the direction that we're going to go cosmic, which doesn't really work for me. 
Why not? But, but I want to see more stuff here. That's what makes those Marvel movies so great is that it's all sort of grounded in real life. And it's all been here. It's been. Is yes. that more of their dealings with the government? Does the government and limiting the what the Shield? heroes with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe? Sure, and- but like one of the greatest sequences in Civil War is that big battle at, a, at an airport. Yeah. Why can't there be a Justice League version of something like that? That would be amazing. Well, that was more of a WWE battle but royale. But still, it, was, it wasn't like people flying around and shooting lasers in space. It was like a fist fight. In, like in, you see Captain America throwing a shield and Black Widow shooting her guns. And like Hulk wasn't there and Thor wasn't there, but it didn't matter. It was a, it was a bunch of heroes doing stuff. Infinity War is going to be that, but in cosmic space. Makes me worry about it, but we've set up a good cosmic universe on that side because we had Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, I'm scared of it as well to an extent uh, because we have to get some of these newer characters in like Shazam. Yeah. And the Lanterns have to show up. They have to show up in the DC universe at some point. Well, they, I mean, yeah. But the other big elephant in the room right now to me is the fact that there's all kinds of rumors and Ben Affleck's going to go away as Batman. What do you think of that? Uh, I'm kind of okay with it. He's done his part. Uh, he'll have had, he's had three films now. Yeah. Um, technically. I mean, it, uh, he wasn't, he didn't do any cameos in wonder woman. He was a, he had a cameo in suicide squad, suicide squad. Sure. What? You don't even know whether that was him in the bat suit. It or was not. him. It but, was. Okay. Yeah. We, we know it was him. Uh, so yeah, he's done his three films. He's been at it now for six years. He's probably got, he's probably in high demand for some more dramatic roles. Like, uh, he's a good director too. He's fantastic director, Academy award winning director. Right. So it's at this point, I think Ben is probably hungry to go to get out of this, out of the costume and go back to doing films like gone girl or what was the Iran rescue when I can't remember the name of that. Argo, thank you. The one that he won the award for. So all of this stuff, I think he is hungry for more of that. He's been doing this for about the last six or eight years, probably ready to move on. I'm okay with it. What I'm not okay with, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, however the hell you say his name, uh, I can't see him. And it's funny how this all comes full circle. We all did this same shit when we heard... Uh, Heath Ledger was going to play Joker. We yep. lost our friggin' minds. We did the what? same thing when Affleck was announced to play yep. Batman. We oh, couldn't Bat stand Fleck. the idea. Yeah, we couldn't stand the idea, and he and he killed it. And he's, he's great. great. They don't give him much to do in the Justice League movie, but um, it's also the, the the universe they've set up over there is the older grizzled Batman where Robin has died apparently. So we need an older guy. Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't scream old grizzled anything to me. I'm sorry, he doesn't. There was a there was a really cool thing on like Facebook uh, that I read where like somebody said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if Michael Keaton played old Batman?" And I was like, "Yeah, that actually is a kind of a good idea." I don't know if he could pull off all the the stunts and stuff and running around and if we would buy it or if he's too old, but that's an that's an immediate replacement where the fans would be like, "Yes, you know? I mean, I, I could see it. I could see it." Or what if you put Clooney in there? That would work too. Kind of. I would I would buy that. Just not fat Val, Val Kilmer. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know. My my final thought on on Gyllenhaal is I'll wait. I'll see. It's still a rumor at this point. It's but still a rumor. Nothing's been inked. I, you know, it is what it is, but it wouldn't have got out if somebody wouldn't have hinted at the fact or it leaked out that he was in a took a meeting or something like that. Yeah. The fact that he's in consideration uh, gives me pause. I'll say that. So here's another thing. We're talking about the state of comic book movies and where we're going and what's going to happen and that, right? Do you have any sort of sense that there's a bit of an oversaturation? Of, of course. Not, of not just on the movie side, but on the TV side as well. We don't need five movies for Marvel next year. 
I'll, I'll happily go see them. Of course we will, but, but that's... Do we need that? No. No. And it's uh, and then the question of oversaturation is, are the audiences getting tired? And the answer, if the box office numbers that we talked about at the beginning, no, they're not. But you also have your humans. Well, I want to temper that with something. Okay. Hang on. All right. Back up a step. I want to temper that with something because this is more to do with the business and the industry of Hollywood than it is about whether or not the audiences are tired of it or not. Here's my problem with this. If you continue to churn these movies out at this rate and they continue to drive the budgets that they require for the VFX, and the audience continues to go to them at the droves that they are going to, what's going to happen on Wilshire Boulevard and at all the studios? That's all anybody's going to want to do. And it's kind of what's happened over the last few years, right? So now this indirect side effect of all these movies and all of these things getting made, that's where all of the budget money's going. There's no such thing in Hollywood anymore as developmental money. Right, you can't get a million dollars to go write the next big, you know, experimental script. Right, you got to go prove it's worth making before anybody will even take a meeting. They don't take a chance in anything. Is what you're saying? No chances are no chance in hell. There's no chances taken anymore. So my fear is that there's this indirect conditioning effect that's happened in Hollywood where these are the only things that studios want to make because they are the kind of guaranteed returns for the kind of money they have to outlay. To, to go and make these kinds of big productions like this. And it also changes the ticket prices in the theater industry like we've talked about on other shows. Yo. But my oversaturation thing was the fact that not only do you have all of these movies that are being made, but you've got Inhumans, Runaways, uh, all the DC CW shows, Gotham. Like, is, is it too much? It, for me, it's almost too much to keep up with. I have not watched... Like, somebody needs to take away my comic book like fan club card because I am not current on uh, uh, Arrow. I'm not current on... Um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm not current on Punisher or Defenders. I like I like video games too. Like that card, they, they 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 can give me an elite level on that card right now. But but my superhero fan of watching shows and that's it's it, for me it's impossible to keep up with all of it. Quick aside, and I'll talk more about this later. But Punisher is five star. You absolutely have to stop what you're doing and go watch it. It's the best thing they've done in my opinion. And yes, I'm a little bit of a fanboy because he is one of my favorite. Uh, superheroes from the comics, but it did is real. If you're scared based on Iron Fist and Defenders, don't be. Go watch Punisher. It is fan freaking tastic. Um, here's what I'll say to that: as a as a true geek and someone that never really read comics, I've not seen episode one of Flash. I've not seen episode one of Arrow, the CW series. Yeah, you'd like um, Flash. I think I, I probably would, but I have to sleep sometime. Yeah, so I have to make smart decisions about what kind of content I'm going to consume. And there, you're right. At the point where you can't consume the content, even in a binge worthy fashion, yes, there's too much content out there to consume right now, and you, it's it makes the consumer feel guilty. There's a little, there's a peer pressure element around the water cooler at work. That, Which I just talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's too much. It's oversaturated and they're spinning off in these parallel things that are going on where you got one thing happening in the movies and one other thing happening on TV and it makes no sense. And don't forget, there's also the entire animated side. There's the Marvel shows. There's Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. There's Avengers cartoon. There's all the DC um, animated movies that come out. There's Justice League action which is really good. Um, but yeah, it's 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 way too much to keep up with. But part of me wonders if that is um, a way for them to get the kids as well mm, to eventually get them to go to the theaters. Like, So maybe kids don't go to the comic shop and read the comics anymore, but they still need to keep these characters fresh in people's minds and, and get them for a new generation, I, I, I would think. 
and maybe that animated thing is is part of that so it's it seems like they've while there there is an oversaturation in my opinion it seems like they're doing it in order to make sure they hit every single demographic and maybe that's what they're doing so the next question is we've talked about there's the end of the marvel cinematic universe that's coming maybe in 2019 2020 yeah what happens after that on both sides on marvel and dc side well chris hemsworth is actually on record saying that avengers 4 or infinity war 2 yeah uh, which is 2019 is the last time that we'll see things as we know it quote the last time we all hang out together yeah end quote so huh. if that and it does say it as i said earlier on the imdb page that this is the culmination of the marvel cinematic universe uh where does it go from here? I don't know. I think they go back. It kind of reset. I think here's my theory. It's going to reset. Go back to 2008 when you had Tony Stark and Iron Man, and then you had a Thor movie, and then what was the next one? Uh, I don't remember. I don't, I don't Captain America. Captain America, uh, uh, first soldier or whatever it was. That was the first Avenger. That's what it was. I think it's going to reset with the Spider-Mans with the the newer characters that are coming out. I think Ant-Man's going to keep going for a while. They've got to build another. Kevin Feige's got to sit down, lock, him, lock himself in a room for he's a already, weekend. He's already done it. I'm but sure yeah. he's already figured it he's out, but we don't yet. know that yet. Uh, there's already three unnamed projects on his page, remember? So I'm sure all of that's already figured out. Uh, he's kind of a genius when it comes to that stuff anyway. I don't know. We don't have any context around it. I'm doing more of a process of elimination, like what haven't they covered yet? Right. And what's really compelling to me is I think we may find out. I can't wait till the next Disney board call because I'm definitely going to dial in for that one. But I can't wait to find out. Um, I think the Fox thing's already a done deal. This is my speculation. Okay. I think it's been a done deal for a year, maybe. Really? Yep, because there's so much... That Disney has so much invested in the Marvel stuff that there's no reason for them not to go and write a massive check to to gather up the leftovers that that have the stragglers, the X Men's, the Fantastic Four, the Deadpool, Logan Wolverine, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow figure out how to write a big enough check to convince Sony to let go of Spider Man. Now they've get, now we have all the yeah all the stuff. I mean, right? they kind of make the handshake deal where let it lend us Spider Man for Civil War and we'll give you Tony Stark for for Homecoming. Okay, yeah, um, that's I can't say you're wrong because but I agree with you. It's very possible. I'd like to see it happen. Um, I I just don't know because I think that's what's next. You asked me what what's next. Uh, what comes after the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think it's a whole new, fresh take. Twenty years later, retake re going after the X Men. Okay. Because that, if you remember, Brian Singer originally introduced that in 2000. We had the first X Men movie. Awesome. It was kind of our first real. Aside yeah, that was from the Batman. That's the rebirth of the superhero movie, in my opinion. It really started right there because that was us outside of the Batman stuff, the terrible movies of the 90s. Uh, it, that was kind of what kicked all of this into gear yeah. for those first couple three X Men movies. And I think that's what's what we're going to get. We're going to get new X Men. We're going to get new Fantastic Four. Uh, all of that stuff. So, okay, I, I will say this. I think that the timing of this is really interesting because if if the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it is ending in 2019, 2020, and we're now starting to see the rebirth and re, re-establishment of the DC Universe, I feel like maybe the DC Universe actually comes to the forefront at that point. Because while the, if, again, all speculation, if we're saying that Thor and Captain America and Iron Man, all these characters that we've been watching for 10 years are suddenly going to disappear. And if they go back to reboot it, people are going to be like, hmm. It's a timeline thing. That's really what it comes down to. As one thing ends, another thing's picking up and and doing it. So in a way, there's a a little bit of a parallel, a little bit of a crossover, but we're kind of picking up 
on the DC side where the one's ending, the other one's starting. We can we can hope as comic book fans, we can hope for that. Yeah. That's what we want, right? We want just as just as this Marvel Cinematic Universe is ending and and we're done with Downey and Hemsworth and all those guys. Suddenly, Cavill and whoever is Batman and Wonder Woman are at the forefront. I'm, I would be excited if that actually happens. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we're comic book fans, right? Yes. And, and in the right hands, which they are at this point, uh, with Feige over on Marvel's side, Whedon kind of dancing between both, sure. I guess, uh, and Jeff Johns over on DC. I mean, we can only hope for the best. Yeah. So, I mean, just like Star Wars and Batman and Superman movies before them and you know they'll undoubtedly be rebooted for the next generation because we've seen them rebooted many times over the years. Yeah, you know a good example of this is James Bond. Of course, look at how many different Bonds we've had over the course of sixty years at this point. Look how many They're, Batman's we've had? Right, just in thirty years we've had five different Batman's, and you know the cycle continues. And there you have it. That would be what we consider to be the state of the superhero movie. Nick, how was your week? Pretty good. But I will say, if I smell or see or taste turkey and fixins, <laughs> anything related to Thanksgiving again in the next month or so, I'm going to vomit. Because oh. oh, God, I ate so much turkey and dressing last week. I hope everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving because I certainly did. I got to go to Detroit. Oh, cool. To, uh, my, my dad's side of the family is, is all up in Detroit. They all moved up to right next to Lake Erie in a little town called New Baltimore, Michigan. So if right. anybody are you listening from uh, from Michigan or the Detroit, Detroit area, you'll know that place next to uh, Port Huron. Got to go look at, across the river at Canada. Mm. Uh, that was pretty cool. And, you know, it was great seeing every uh, the family that I only get to see really every other year. Uh, aside from that, I uh, was doing some online shopping all week, as we were talking about on yes. last episode. It's not Black yes. Friday anymore. It's Black Week or Black Month or Black November. All the di- And then Cyber Monday. The deals! The deals are everywhere. <laughs> Feels like crazy. Uh, I did end up finding a brand new TV. I don't want to get too much into the tech stuff here, but uh, there's a brand new Samsung model that's exclusively available right now at Best Buy for about 750 bucks. Nice. So for a 65-inch 4K HDR10 Ultra HD, yeah. definitely go look that guy up. But uh, got one of those. Going to be upgrading the whole thing, all the things to the 4K stuff over the next week or so. Uh, aside from that, you know, that was kind of my week. How about you? Um, I, I want to start off by plugging Mercy Christmas yet again, my brother's movie uh, that he uh, wrote and produced and directed with his wife, Beth Levy Nelson. Uh, it is, by the time you listen to this, you can get it on iTunes and you should get it. Yes. Uh, it is a fun Christmas romp, but with an element of horror to it. So uh, it's steeped in family tradition. Uh, I can't wait to to just turn on my Apple TV and see it there uh, because... Uh, I'm so proud to be a part of it, but I'm even more proud of them, as I, as I mentioned on our Thanksgiving episode. So it's here. It, it's really exciting, just in time for Christmas. So yeah, uh, as far as Thanksgiving goes, uh, I didn't have nearly as much turkey as you did. We had a really <laughs> nice, uh, It's it was the 10th year that we've had this backyard tradition at my friend Matt's house. You guys do we, like a Friendsgiving kind yeah, of thing, right? Yeah, so my parents are there, uh, Beth's parents are there, uh, my kids are there, um, uh, Ryan's kids are there, and uh, other people that that don't necessarily have a place to go it it's it's a backyard fun like thanksgiving with no pressure we didn't cook stuff we had it all brought in um but the cool thing was we had um a movie screen projector thing the setup in the backyard that that beth rented and the kids got to sit in the backyard 
because it's not freezing cold here yeah. and watch home alone oh yeah nice. yeah so that was that was pretty cool um and it's it's a classic christmas movie i think we should do an episode coming up uh in the next couple of weeks about christmas movies maybe after the last Ooh, jedi that's a good one we should do christmas movies or shows and uh traditions or, or something like that um in addition i also went and saw coco on wednesday uh when it opened i went and saw it at uh, the amc in beverly hills Every time I go to this theater, by the way, the last time I went for Terminator 2 3D, Robert Kirkman was there. This time, it's Benicio Del Toro. What? Yeah. So so we're in there, and uh, we're getting the kids all set up with their popcorn, me and my brother. My brother took his kid, and I took my two. Uh, and Ryan goes, uh, uh, look, look, that's Benicio Del Toro. I'm like, oh, cool. And then he sat his kids down, then he left, right? Okay. So I guess. and then, Movie theater babysitter, right, I guess. I guess. So then so then I the movie ends. We go up outside. And uh, uh, we're, and I get the, the validation thing for the, the parking and like standing like within six inches of me is Benicio Del Toro. Nobody knows it's him or because we're in Beverly Hills, like the people just are like, oh, whatever. But like there's there's a uh, give me the, give, yeah, give me the keys. Yeah, like like that guy's there. Give me the cash. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was cool. And as he walks away, I, I said to my daughter's like, see that guy. She's like, yeah. I'm like, that's Benicio Del Toro. She's like, who? I'm like, well. He he's a really famous actor. He's going to be in Last Jedi. Like he was the collector in Guardians. Like he's a big. She's like, okay, you know, like no big. Come deal. on, Emily. Yeah, what no, do you mean yeah, you I haven't know. seen Usual Suspects? I know. I know. Let's go. So that was my uh, yeah. I should, yeah. Give the keys. Exactly. exactly. Uh, the next backyard movie we'll show for the kids is Usual Suspects. No, please don't do that. <laughs> that's the plan. Because Kevin Spacey's in it. Oh, um, yeah. All Woo, right. Yeah. That was some crossover. Well done, sir. I will say that I did have an issue with Coco, which will lead us to our quick hits. Well, apparently there's some backlash with Disney padding Coco with an extra 30 minutes or so of Frozen. So in front of this Hispanic movie, you get this kind of here's before you see Coco. We know we said the movie was going to start at 1015. But actually, we're going to show you this 30 minutes of Frozen 2. What was this going on? Okay, so I purposely went to a 10, 15 in the morning show on Wednesday because it's the kids and like you get it done and you can go have lunch and it's an afternoon. Fine. Yeah. Right. And we knew that there was going to be like there it's go see Coco and there's uh, Olaf's frozen adventure at the front of it. They've done this before, before Cinderella. Before had, Ice Age as well. They used to do uh, it with the squirrel, yeah, uh, with the, the nut. Scrap. Yep. Or whatever, scrap. Yeah, yeah, whatever his name was. But uh, the last time we did this was last uh, February. Before Cinderella, there was Frozen Fever, and it was like a five, ten minute little Frozen thing, and it was awesome, and it was quick, and it was done and into Cinderella. Not this one. So the movie's supposed to start at 10.15. The movie starts at 10.15. No, we get seven previews. Then we get a 21-minute Frozen thing with songs that are like forced and it's it's like the kids loved it, but the movie itself didn't actually start until eleven o'clock. And let me say this about Coco: it's fantastic. I cried more in Coco than I did in Up. And you remember those first ten oh, minutes God. of Up? It's just like waterworks, right? Yeah. It's it's so good, and it's and the music is great, and it's all about like uh, uh, death and remembering like the, the your family and your ancestors before you, and it's so powerful and it's so great. And I recommend it to anybody. Um, but then to have it sort of tarnished with this like frozen thing. And my brother's like, oh, I can't believe it, like the frozen. I'm like, I know it was crazy. Like I was happy to see it because the kids loved it. And we we're, you know, how much money have we spent on frozen over the last couple of years? It was just out of place, but it felt like Disney was like, Hey, uh, we're not sure if, if this is going to uh, appeal to everybody because it's a uh, uh, Hispanic or uh, origin. So here's uh, a frozen thing on top of it and you'll you, go see it because frozen's on it. But yeah, a bunch of people went and saw it. 70 million. It beat Justice League this weekend. But well, yeah, that's not a surprise. Animated Pixar movie comes out and it beats Justice League. I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, another news, Matt Reeves has now said that the Batman will not be a prequel or a reboot, even if Ben Affleck isn't the Batman. Uh, okay. I'm not really sure. That kind of eliminates if, it, if it's not a prequel and it's not a reboot. What is it? Uh, I, I don't know. And, and we don't know. And we don't know who's in it. So I, I, that movie's been in so much development trouble since yeah. it was like, it was going to be Affleck with script and Affleck's directing. And now it's Matt Reeves and Matt Reeves and Affleck are like, we're friends, but we're not. And now I'm leaving. I, I don't know. And I'm not using his script. Yeah, I'm rewriting it from scratch. Whatever. Mark Hamill sent out a tweet about the severed arm in the Wampa and that he's still really mad about it. Okay, so it's actually pretty funny. So he he ended this tweet with a hashtag still angry 2017. <laughs> okay. uh, the movie came out in 1980. Uh, and so what happened was when the finished cut of the movie is he, he he's suspended upside down as we all know and he slices the wampus arm off and he runs out and eventually uh he gets the ghosty one kenobi like you luke you must go to dagobah right yeah um <laughs> i guess when hamill shot it uh they said like just swing it just swing your lightsaber and he, and he didn't know that it was going to be a severed arm so he's angry because he wouldn't have done that uh, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have murdered a creature he would have tried to reason with him because that's, right. what, that's what luke's character was so he's still kind of angry about the fact that a wampa had his arm cut off but I guess that's okay because Obi-Wan slices off an arm of a dude in a cantina, right? But I guess it's not a wampa, like a creature of the force. I, right. I don't know. I'm not some I feral, abominable snowman. I right? don't know. And apparently in the... <laughs> I mean, no- I have a yeah. belt of a wampa yeah. hanging off my stairs. <laughs> in the novelization of the Empire Strikes Back, he also made reference to, uh, he tried to communicate with the, with the animal, and w- uh, he said his, uh, his novelization acting was better than his on-screen acting, so okay. I thought that was kind of funny. Nice. Mark Hamill, you can always count on uh, for fun Twitter things. <laughs> Murder at the Orient Express apparently has done extremely well at the box office and has already had a sequel get green lit. Yes. Which is uh, Agatha Christie's book, Death on the Nile. Yeah. When you were telling me about this, I didn't realize that I've read both of the books. I've, I didn't realize they were connected. I don't know if they are, uh, but the the one character, the Kenneth Brown character, Poirot, is 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 the is the through line there. So I had completely forgotten about that. If, so yeah. if they get to do another fun movie that he gets to make with an ensemble cast, uh, I liked it. So a lot of people that I know didn't, but uh, I think it's really well done. Um, yeah, I I, I want to see it. I've only heard good things. I haven't heard anything bad about it. I think you'll like it. Um, the other thing to to bring to your attention, if you didn't already know, is next week, starting on Friday, December first, Titanic will be returning to theaters yes! for one week only, and I. You can go hear that song and what I've told you my story about Titanic. When the, when the VHS came out, it was on two tapes. Yeah. Like it was the, the first big double tape. Right. One, it, was yeah. the, it was the first tape was like all the love crap. And then like the second tape was the ship going down and I would just watch tape two. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I'm wondering if like, cause I want to go see it and it's in 3d and you know that the 3d transfer that he did post effects, like uh, I have the Blu-ray of it. Fantastic. It's one of, if you have not seen Titanic, the Blu-ray in 3d, it is. It is still to this day the best one I've seen at home, uh, because I th- and he's bringing this. So I mean, to see it in the theater. Yeah. Oh my God. You know why? Because he's <laughs> James Cameron, Explorer of the Deep, or three D, or in Explorer of three D. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there nice. It is. There it is. Inventor of three. I don't know. Well, I'm getting off track here. So yes, I absolutely intend to go see this. Uh, if anyone else in LA would like to go and see. Kate Winslet get painted like one of his French girls. Uh, like I'll go. You want to go but Sunday or something? Andy can't come until about ninety minutes into the film because he only right. watches tape too. <laughs> right, exactly. You just I te- if they do a discount ticket. Yeah, I'll for buy you. the ticket. You just text me when the boat starts to go down, right. and then I'll, I'll walk in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you mentioned the the Best Buy thing and your uh, um, uh, first 
jump into the 4K world. Uh, I also got a ton of Black Friday deals. I helped my parents buy a TV today because of Cyber Monday. Um, so a lot of money between the two of us and our families were spent at uh, a certain uh, brick and mortar place, not Amazon. So Best Buy, you get this week's Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Oh, and give us some uh, reward zone points as well for all the money that we spent between the two of us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, next week we'll be back with yet another show. I'm looking forward to getting into the holidays. We yes. got Last Jedi coming up in a couple of weeks. You can absolutely expect a full review from Andy and I uh, covering that as a special bonus episode. Plus, Greatest Showman is coming out. All kinds of good holiday movies. And I love the idea that you had about doing the, what do we do, a top five best Christmas movies? Or just talk about them, like the ones that we like, or holiday movies. Holiday cheer. Because your favorite one's Love Actually, I'm going to guess, right? Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, if you want to come hang out with us, come over to Facebook at facebook.com slash official concession stand. Come follow us on Twitter. We tweet about all kinds of stuff and other shows you should check out at Concession Stand. If you like what we're doing here, head over to patreon.com slash concession stand. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Sign up to do your very own Stone Cold Salute right here on the show. You can also get t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs. iPhone cases. We have tote bags now. Oh. Tapestries. So I can bring my totes. No shrubberies, though. Tapestries. Uh, Over at orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. We're going to be doing lots of sales. Hopefully you cashed in on the Black Friday deals that Public was running. There's going to be a lot more heading into the Christmas holiday as well. So be sure and keep an eye out for postings on that. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson76, also on Twitter. But until next time, later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.